Welcome to Coachville Caffeine for Monday, May 16th, 2011, the world headquarters for the Play Big Revolution with our host, Dave Buck. It's show 298, and we're coming to you live through our call-in lines and webcasting live on Blog Talk Radio. We're playing big with Coach Lorraine Esposito today, and Dave has done something for the first time ever. So let me hand things over to Coach Dave Buck and Coach Deanna Stull for our Monday Boost. Hello there. Hello, everyone. Hello, Captain. Yes, it is true. I have officially, for the first time, tweeted. Oh. <laughs> I thought it needed sound effect. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> It does need a sound effect. I am so <laughs> excited. I tweeted for the first time just minutes before the show. You know, I, uh, I I was thinking about this. I don't know why. I just really, I, I don't know. Goodness gracious. Well, ever since I went to that event and I, and I met the woman who wrote Twitter for Dummies, I've been thinking, all right, I really have to start tweeting. And I was like, well, what should be my first tweet? Like, I, I got to make sure my first tweet is a really good one. <laughs> it had to be profound. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I might tweet many unprofound things, but I figure I wanted to at least have my first tweet be something profound. So I just kind of was, you know, ruminating or marinating, I don't know what it is, on my what my first tweet should be. And, I, and it came to me the other day. And then I was just talking with Deanna, minutes before the show, and we were uh, talking about, you know, very similar things, and I said, oh, crap, we're saying the same thing, so I'm just going to go ahead and tweet it right now. So I just tweeted, and my my tweet is this, practicing what I preach. The more I preach, the harder it gets. That's profound. (laughs) That's very profound. It's so it's, crazy true. It's very tweet-worthy. It's, it's very, isn't that tweet-worthy? That I'm like, yes, my first tweet. And that will set the stage for a lifetime of tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about that because, you know, I like to think big picture, right? So I wanted to, all right, so now it's, I've got the stage set. Now I can just tweet away. With that as my as my uh, I don't know foundation. Now, now, are you tweeting as Dave Buck, or are you tweeting over on Coachville's Twitter account? Well, you know, well, that's the big discussion. <laughs> that's the big discussion, Captain, and I need some advice on this. Okay. So, I mean, at the moment, I just tweeted on Coachville, but I I think I should tweet as as Dave Buck, but I don't know. I, I need some guidance on this. Well, from from what I what I have uh, brought into my mind these days with a lot of little research, you 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 do want a Dave Buck Twitter, where you you post your personal observations as well as as things that might be involved with the business, and then Coachville's Twitter is for things that are going on at Coachville or tweets of a subject matter that would pertain directly to members of Coachville, things like that. Got it. It, it gets All it right. does get a little hazy, especially if if someone has like if they work with numerous companies, etc. It does get a little hazy for folk. But but having your own personal 
Twitter is a is a good idea. All right, good. So I will I will um, set up a personal a personal Twitter and I'll, I'll tweet that personal tweet that I just did, and that'll be really good. And then if I if I tweet a personal thing that I think is relevant specifically to coaches in Coachville, I will retweet it over there. There you go. But you're just going to be a tweeting fool now, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I'm going to be a tweeting fool. I'm hearing like that rock and robin tweet tweet <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So this is uh so this is exciting and and um you know really the 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 the, the truth is I have a lot to say. And but it, it, you know under this con- you know within this context of practicing what I preach it's like yikes. You know I was just telling Deanna before how you know the last couple of years I've really been so focused on our methods and the play to win method and the, the inner freedom method and the world power method and really honing these or finding these. I'm very proud of them. They're very clear. The stu- you know, our coaches that are learning them for themselves are really benefiting. They're using them with their clients and players and they're really benefiting. So it's really starting to come together and it's been a long road, you know, getting this all together. And then, you know, but but it's sort of compounded by the oh crap you know I'm I've got to live this too so you know this weekend I just was really f- honed in on my environment you know beautifying and 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 zapping tolerations and and I you know just focus and you know focus on my environment and then making sure I'm really playing and then. Am I having inner freedom? Am I facing blocks? And, you know, the bottom line is, of course I'm facing blocks. And, of course, I I forget to play and I get into work mode. And, of course, my environment gets full of tolerations and is not supporting me or pulling me forward. Yeah, I'm still a player in the great games of life, too. So this is a, this is a big a big thing. It's It's not about being perfect. It's about keeping playing. You know, keep playing. And, and Deanna, apparently you were sharing that um, in the last uh, Step Up and Stand Out, this topic came up. Yeah, it, and it came up because coaches were in the process of um, recognizing the value they bring to the table in in basically in, in all environments, but we were specifically looking at the wealth creation form that is part of Step Up and Stand Out, where you're listing certain areas of your life and the value that you bring. And they were struggling, and they were struggling, and the reason why was because, well, my life isn't perfect in that area. And, And it's the whole idea of coaches get into that mindset of, well, if I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to move people forward, then I have to be perfect in everything. And that's just not the truth. Exactly. Yeah, at the very, at the very least, you just have to be two steps ahead, right? So, <laughs> two steps ahead. That's the that's the coaching motto. Just stay two steps ahead. That's one side of it. The other side of it is that, you know, life is an evolutionary progression, and a lot of times you can feel like you're behind or you're not living as powerfully as you had at an earlier time in life. But what it really is, is you're just playing a bigger game. So you feel like you're not as capable as you were, 
actually you're more capable, but you're just playing in a bigger game, so it seems like you're less. And that is the key, and that's exactly the topic that came up in the last Expect Yes session. So it's, it's, you know, there's parallels in these things. In the last Expect Yes session, we had a big conversation. It was so profound. I'm going to grab the audio and make it available for all Coachville members. But the basic topic of discussion was it's not what you say that matters. It's how you feel when you say it. There's another profound tweet for you there. I think there's a, I think there's a tweet in there somewhere right as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get right on that and tweet that one. Yeah, it's how you feel when you say it. And so the most important thing for all of us as coaches is to feel good about who we are and what we're doing in the world. And that feeling good is so essential and it gets challenging the bigger and bigger you play because the bigger and bigger you play the more failure you face the more challenges the bigger the challenges are you face and so um, as you start playing bigger and bigger that it's very easy to fall into pitfalls and traps where you're not feeling that good about yourself because of the challenges and the failure and and, and the setbacks and so it the most important thing you can do in this, and this is what I've been really living into myself because I feel like, man, I'm struggling and things aren't going so well, and then I have to keep remembering, oh, well, I'm playing a way bigger game than I've ever played in my life. And so you have to really hone in on, you know, one of Thomas's big points always was to recognize the perfection in the situation. And if you can recognize the perfection in your situation and in all the challenges that you're facing, setbacks, failures, and look at them and from this perspective of recognizing the perfection, then no matter what's going on, you can say, all right, this is all a function of me playing big. This is all the universe responding to my desire to play big with big challenges to help me become the big player I dream of being. And so if you can keep that recognized perfection framework always present, then no matter what challenges you're facing, you can feel good about them. You know, it doesn't mean you're always happy, you know, necessarily about them. It's like, dang, sometimes challenges, they really are challenging, and failure sucks sometimes. It really does. But the important thing is if you keep tuned into the perfection, you can always Feel good about yourself no matter what is happening. And when you feel good about yourself no matter what is happening, you project that into what you say, and that's how that's what people respond to. They respond to how you feel about yourself more than what you're saying. And how you feel about yourself doesn't have to be dictated by your circumstances. It can be dictated by who you know yourself to be, the, the, the big game you're playing, your desire to make an impact in the world. And when you're coming from that place, you really can have power no matter what is happening in your life. There you go. A tweet (laughs) followed by an explanation. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, I mean, it's a profound idea. And, and, you know, the reason, it's the reason why we all coach. And, And I think it's probably what draws 
you know, everyone who comes to coaching that says, well, I, I came to coaching because my friends or my family say I'm a natural-born coach. I've been doing it my whole life. And, you know, there are times where we're presented with challenges that, like you said, they're, they're just, they're hard. And it takes you a moment to regroup. I mean, that's what I'm going through right now. It's the regrouping after a crazy year of leukemia and bone marrow transplant. And you sort of have that aha moment that's, that you say, oh, here's what's going on. And there is perfection in this. So I thought I had some, some medical stuff going on. And after a multitude of redoing the same tests, we find out it's not actually medical. It is post-traumatic stress from the past year. And I found out that news this morning, and that's what Dave and I were talking about. And maybe five years ago, that news would have sent me reeling. This, but now... Instead, I went for a walk, I processed what happened, and I already see the perfection in it. And I already see where I can take this to a dramatically more positive experience. Um, and I'm in the process of already doing that. And I think that's what—that's the magic of what we all learn as coaches. And that sometimes it's just remembering it. You have to apply it to your own life. Yes, that's the tricky part. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just like, oh, wait a minute. If this was my client, this is what I would I would coach around. Why aren't Why aren't I doing this myself? And you take a moment, do a little self coaching, and ta da! You you get to a, a cleaner, clearer, more positive place pretty quickly. Nice. Well, on that note, let's bring in our awesome guest that we have with us today. Who is playing super big? Who is playing super big and is also now teaching in our school. We're very excited about that, to have her on the staff. And um, that will be the one and only Coach Lorraine Esposito. Did I get a little trumpet down, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the Deanna classic trumpet from the heavens sound. <laughs> I like it. If, if anyone says anything really good, then it's followed by, oh, and you can see that my, my arms get lifted up to that one. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. I am so happy to have this opportunity. Thank you. Well, you know, um, our Coachville show is basically a free-for-all uh, conversation, so uh, I would love to have your thoughts on, on this uh, topic we were just just uh, sharing about. So what were you thinking about while we were, while we were just ranting away over here? Uh, I think there's so much in that. It, we, you were right. Deanna said that, you know, it's what we come to coaching for. I think that you know, you have to start with yourself because everything starts with you anyway. So for you to be credible, you have to demonstrate your character. You have to demonstrate that you're competent so that people can watch sort of from a safe distance and begin to trust you because that's where it all starts. And then once you have trust, you can build a relationship and that's when people begin to really get a feel for you. And then when you have those two things, you have the relationship and you have the model, you put those two things together, and that is a powerful platform for doing anything, teaching, selling, coaching, whatever. 
So it, it, I agree. It all all starts with you. Well, you know, I think that is a that is a big point. I'm curious. Um, you know, you're a coach who's done really well, but I'm sure you had your um, dark nights uh, <laughs> along the way. So let why why hold back? Let's just jump right in. Okay, all right. I'm just gonna write for the dark night here. <laughs> Why not? Well, you know, you were saying about perfection, and and people are often held back because they are afraid to release something that might be less than quote unquote perfect. And and uh, I don't suffer from that, so I usually just run away with everything and then figure um, I'll just fix it, you know, by based on the comments I get. But there came a point where it was a much bigger game. And to do that was, I had to really kind of take a deep swallow and a deep breath and steal myself in the decision. And that was when I published my book. I published it with a title called The Morning Peacemaker, How to Get Your Kids Out the Door on Time Without Nagging a Word. And it, it, I thought that was going to be this catchy title. So, you know, I kind of went in, got sucked into the whole, sell a lot of books, play to the fear. So I went down that path. But the inside of the book was my passion. And that was really just about teaching people how to think for themselves and to empower them and to and, and a very practical steps on how to get that ball rolling with your children. Oh, excuse me, with your children. So I went out there and I got some, I got some good exposure. I got on TV, parents TV and, you know, the whole thing. And I found myself always explaining, oh, no, 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 it's not the quick fix. I actually think that's a bad idea. This is deeper. And people just kind of glazed over when they looked at me. And something my husband said once was, whenever you're explaining, you're losing. So I thought, all right. And I had an opportunity to republish. I got a distribution deal. And they said, hey, you know, if you found anything in there that you need to change, a typo, whatever, you know, we can change it because, you know, it'll be real easy and it won't cost you anything. And I said, how much can I change? I mean, it's really you can't change Good Right. And so I completely changed the cover of the book. I changed the title. It's called The Peacemaker Parent, Solving Problems for Today and Teaching Independence for a Lifetime. It's the same book, but now people have a different expectation when they read it. I no longer explain it. I am answering their questions on how to actually live into it. And that's where I wanted to be all along. But I'll tell you something. <laughs> it was a big ego buster to go out, all right, here I wrote this book. I'm so good. Oops, no, I guess I'm not so good. I made a mistake. But I knew I had to do it if I wanted to be successful. And success for me was getting that message out there and getting people working on their independence skills. So that was, uh, that was pretty hard. Now, I would have to think that that writing a book for parents and being a parent would be pretty challenging, you know, if you're, you know, I don't know, participating with other parents or your kid screws up somehow and it's like, oh, yeah, all right, peacemaker parent. Right. <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, so, there, absolutely, there's this whole... Um, you, you, especially when the whole point that I wrote the book, the whole reason for it was I had one of those, you know, quote-unquote kids who really was a, a, you know, she was out there living large and it wasn't pretty. 
and there was no flying under the radar for our family because he had a lot of issues. So to come out with a book in my community, uh, it was pretty funny at first. I was really very nervous about it, and um, I just said, well, it's going to be whatever it's going to be, and I went for it. But I learned quickly that you can't be a hero in your own hometown for a while, so you got to be ready for it, and I am, so... Well, I think a very wise man once said something to that effect. Who was that? Did I steal that from somebody and I don't even know it? <laughs> well, that would be Jesus, yes. Uh, that was oh. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> the fun. Oh. Oh, boy. Okay, g- give him credit and everything will be fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll go back up there anyway, so, you know. <laughs> All right, so now that we know you're quoting Jesus and you didn't even know it, so that's good. We can just move right on from there. Okay. Ah, goodness. And you know what's really cool? I just came in from a meeting with the assistant superintendent for the Scarsdale, New York School District. Uh, She's in charge of all the personnel and everything else. And it was to create a coaching program for the teachers in this community so that they could come to teaching and add to their teaching skills the perspective of a, an empowerment coach. So, you know, even though I started in my little cave here and I made a mistake on the title of the book and I was that, you know, person people kind of snickered at, persistence and starting with myself, the whole point of your conversation today demonstrating my character and demonstrating that I'm really in this for the long haul has paid off, and I have real amazing opportunities to really do what I want to do. Great point. So this is the, this is the thing, this is, a, you know, such a big thing for all of us as coaches, uh, in particular as coaches. I think it's a big thing for, for all people. And, you know, uh, a friend of mine uses this phrase, uh, she says, you have to get behind yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's called it getting yeah. behind yourself, which is sort of a weird metaphorical concept, but that's the thing. It's like, how do you get behind yourself? How do you, how do you be your, you know, your own champion? When, especially when you're feeling not so great about stuff that's happening in your life. And that, that becomes the ongoing challenge. It's, it's like we said, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's in the same ballpark, and and this becomes a big, you know, a big topic uh, for all of us to keep considering. And I can tell you, it doesn't go away because I've been at this for 14 years now, and and it keeps recurring. So it's not like, you know, okay, once you get it all figured out, okay, I got that figured. Now I can move on. It, it, every time you move up and play a little bigger, you come back around to the same question how do i how do i stay you know how do i get behind myself now at this level of the game and i think think that's that's what you're talking about go ahead and i think that's one of the most amazing aspects you know it's funny because we we should add that to our top 10 list in some way Um, and i guess we kind of did cover it but that's one of the most amazing aspects of being a coach is when we are presented with the bigger game challenges, even if it takes us a little minute to regroup, we do regroup. 
and um, then what we do moving forward becomes dramatically more powerful. And that's just one of the skills that I think new coaches, like the ones that are in Step Up and Stand Out and, and Expect Yes, Get Yes, are still in the process of learning. They're sort of like cutting their teeth on that idea that, um, you know, you it doesn't matter how masterful of a coach you become, you will still be handed massive challenge for the rest of your life. And it's writing that massive challenge into the game plan and then learning how to move through it without letting it stop you. So so like in Lorraine's case, she made a few mistakes. And for some people, there is a stopping point. That's it. I, I didn't do it right. I'm done. And, and not looking at the growth opportunity. And the growth opportunity is the magic part of it all. And so it is. It's getting behind yourself just to see, okay, so how can I be bigger because of this, not in spite of it, because of. And that that's the big difference. Thank you. Yes. Lorraine, what would you like to add to this topic before we move on to another matter? Oh, I, I just wanted to say that a lot of times I look at those obstacles as a gift because I know that 90% of the people who are trying to accomplish what I want to accomplish will give up, and it's just going to make it that much easier for me when I make it through the obstacle because there'll just be there'll be less people for um, that are that are sort of crowding me, and I'll have more room and more visibility. So I look at it as like a, as a blessing in a way. Just, you know, go ahead, drop off. Yep, okay, whatever. I know what I'm doing, and I know this is part of it, and it is part of the weeding process so that people who rise to the top are actually going to be able to deliver what they say because, you know, you got to make your bones sort of a thing. Deanna, is that your dog in the background? That is my dog slipping out over something. Yes. Okay, just checking. Um, I just want to make sure we have. I like to have our dogs identified. That's all. Yes, yeah, that's Pippin barking, and I don't know. <laughs> all right, fair enough. <laughs> she wanted uh, to make herself be known in the world. <laughs> yeah, she is now well known in the uh, in the Coachville caffeine world. That would be Pippin. Okay, good. That's clear. All right. So, so Coach Lorraine, you've been you, you've been um, coaching now for a while, and and, and you're, you're a student in our school. I always like to ask, what what were some of your highlights in your coach training experience at Coachville? Oh my gosh, the hardest thing was the actual blessing. Again, you know, it's always those things that you know, if it does that, which doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, sort of a thing. Uh, that might be Jesus again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that was Jesus, but that's good. Go ahead, just in case. Okay. You know, just going to make sure I cover that base. Anyway, um, I think it was the requirement to coach, you know, that expectation that I, even as a student, had to go out and find people to practice with and make offers and find things, you know, find people that would help me achieve my goal and um, get through the school and meet the requirements. And I was, you know, boy, did I want to rebel against that. I was like, hey, nobody ever said I had to do that, and oh, my gosh. But that's what made it possible for me on the other end to make offers 
and and I didn't know any better at the time, you know. So I kind of you know excused myself because I'm brand new, and and because I didn't have a lot of confidence, I was talking to people that I was already comfortable with, and I got to practice in in a, in a very safe environment, and it was very supportive, and that's what made me uh, feel very confident about offering my services and talking about what I do. So I think that was really, of course, all of the cur- curriculum, fabulous. I mean, it, it just mind-expansive, amazing, and putting all that together and then making me go out and actually do it, that was the thing that really changed my direction. Yeah, that's that uh, practicing what we preach part. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man, that was so hard. I'm like, what? I have to do, coach how many people? Oh, my God. <laughs> Where am I going to find that many people? <laughs> For me, it wasn't the coaching aspect. It was the the reach-out exercises that came up in some classes. I rebelled against them in, in enormous ways. <laughs> But eventually I ended up doing them, and it's just like you said, I learned a great deal from it. But, boy, I was fabulous in my resistance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you 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 perfected the art of resistance in that, in that class. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, I, and I would try to resist breakouts, too, and, and Dave was like, Every every excuse I could come up with, oh, come on, Deanna, you can do it in your diet. <laughs> Like, dang, does this man accept no excuses? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well and, done. <laughs> I, that's one of my strong points, yes. I accept <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> and that's your next tweet. No excuses. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Captain. That's really good. Captain, if you just keep a little tab over there of my tweetable <laughs> phrases, then I can just tweet them after the show. <laughs> I like that. Well done. That's pretty good. All right, so the actual part of practicing, and, you know, this is a great thing, too. It's like, okay, you know, you're in class, and you learn some stuff, and you talk about it. You know, unless you're, you know, Deanna, you don't even want to practice with your partner. But, you know, most people, you okay, I'll practice with my partner. Although we have had some coaches recently that are like, I don't want to practice. I don't want to diet. I just want to learn. It's like, well, you don't learn by just, talking and listening you got to do it so anyway so yes yeah, so getting out there and practicing that was one of your big challenges what would you say was one of your highlights highlights wow it, you know it was the it was just the whole experience of being introduced to the new language of coaching you know the 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 language of play and and how that really changes the way everything feels. So I resisted against that, too, I must tell you. I thought nobody's <laughs> going to take me serious if I'm out there playing all the time, you know. So I resisted that, too. But I, I, I learned that from that that it's not so much the, the, the actual language. That was great, and it gave me great language. But what it did for me was it showed me that it is extremely simple to change your perspective about the exact same circumstances by just changing the words you use to describe it. And it, if it's that easy to switch out work and play to change your perspective, then I can do a lot 
with the way I view the world and what will that do for me? So I think that that, that was um, a, a realization that sunk in over time. It was that, wow, this, you know, I can, I really do feel differently when I say things. And, and, and um, inner freedom, you call it now, but superconductivity, that was, uh, that was a mind blower too. That was really good. So it was really just the, the perspective expansion that I went through that um, was the real beauty of it all. I love that. Well, that's really good. So now you were writing your book while you were in class. Right? I mean, you were you were in the coachable classes and writing your book at the same time, I think, didn't you? Or do I have that timeline wrong? No, you're right. I was very near finishing when I started the um, Coachville uh, classes. And um, so kind of I wanted to be prepared to offer seminars. I, I thought, oh, I have to have these credentials behind me so the people will take me seriously and that uh, they'll let me come and talk to them. And, and so I went into coaching uh, thinking that I just needed to have an acronym at the end of my name. But uh, I didn't really go in thinking I was going to actually coach people and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, this whole practice thing was like, hey, listen, I just want the PCC. That's it. So, you know, you can hold the practice. But, it, you know, as it turned out, as all things do, they always turn out the way that it's supposed to be. Coaching is what I do. And um, I'm so happy I do it through Coachville. That's really funny. It's like, I just want the PCC. I, I just need this to go along with my book. Just leave me alone about all this coaching stuff. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it, was, it was really funny. I have to say, Lorraine, you're definitely not the first person who's who's come to us with this sort of perspective. <laughs> sure. Just take some classes and get my PCC and don't bother with all this coaching stuff. I just need the letters. Like, uh, no, it doesn't work like that here. So. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that even to just get that, I had to coach, you know, 750 hours to to be eligible. So, you know, as it turns out, it wasn't so hard. I really dug coaching, and it was it came pretty naturally and very easily, actually. Yeah, once you got into it, which is really good, and that is uh, that's a good that's a very good sign. Yeah. All right, so, so let's talk a little bit about your book. So um, I think it's an awesome thing, you know, talking about coaching and parenting together. I think is is very interesting, and I think also talking about educating and coaching together is also uh, a very important. You know, I've been. It's interesting too your subject, and I'm I'm planning uh, we're, we're planning our summer intensive, which is uh, uh, gonna we're gonna have our level one of our curriculum available in a six week intensive this summer, which we're making available uh, in some ways for educators because they tend you know they, many of them ha- tend to have their summers free, so it's ideal for educators, and and then. And sort of simultaneous to this is the big article we've been talking about from Google about how, you know, their number one management principle is learning how to coach. And so I thought, I wonder if there's some managers who could, you know, get like a six-week a time frame to, you know, maybe work half days or do something so they could do this six-week intensive. And I, Because I really think educators and managers 
should do this program together. It would be awesome if we had a lot of managers and a lot of educators together. And the reason I see this, this is what I've been just starting to think about and write about, is the industrial age, teachers and managers are on the same continuum. It's basically the education system was designed to, to teach people how to become workers. So teachers and, and managers are all are just a, a, a kind of a, a timeline of control. Control the little kids, teach them how to sit down, shut up, do what they're told, and then that will teach them how to become workers where they can go in a cubicle and sit down, shut up, and do what they're told. And this, and this, I know that people who want to become teachers and people who want to become managers don't want to become a teacher so they can control the little kids and get them to sit down, shut up, and do what they're told, but that's sort of what it devolves to. Sit down, shut up, do what you're told so you can pass the test. You know, sit down, shut up, do what you're told so you can get a paycheck. It, you know, we trained people for what was needed in the world. and But now, we don't need that in the world. We need people to be courageous. We need them to be expressive. We need them to be engaged. We need them to innovate. And sit down, shut up, do what you're told doesn't fit anymore. So we've got to overhaul the education system to create, you know, forward-thinking, innovative, courageous people, people who are willing to play, and then those are the people that need to go into the, you know, into companies and organizations to innovate and create and move our economy into the inspiration age. So it's a continuum of, of you know, the teacher-manager continuum is a really powerful cycle that we need to shift. And I think, you know, a lot of what you're talking about in creating independent-minded people kind of fits into this same uh into this same kind of a of a concept. So I'm wondering, you know, kind of how you kind of bounce off of some of these thoughts, but also how are educators and people that you talk to, how are they resonating with your message? Oh my gosh. I, you know, well the the first thing that comes to my mind when you talk about this is that the measures of success have changed. And so it's like we have this, we have our measures of success for a teacher is, you know, whatever they are, but probably for a lot of them it is, you know, the average score, you know, that their class achieves. So they teach to the test because their measure of success that's personally benefiting them and their paychecks or their credibility or whatever is the score that their children, that the children that they are to teach achieve. So yep. it, I think if we change if we if we start to expand the measure of success, not change it, because that's still important. That's still a very significant barometer for a teacher's effectiveness. But we expand that to include how happy the kids are, and we track somehow their performance and the measures of success that are sort of in the intangible environment. That's, that's where we need to expand definition of success and once we do that and we can do, we can connect a person's um, uh, I don't know the, a person's uh, success measures to some of the intangible things I think naturally it will change and we won't have to 
you know, go in and pound fists and change things. It will just naturally evolve. You know, I'm, um, I'm writing my second book, and it's probably three-quarters of the way through, and the working title is Happy People Don't Hit Other People. Okay. Okay. So, you know, and the chapters are like the last chapter I was writing was um, Happy People Are Stain Resistant. And it's all about that great feeling you had when you got something you really wanted, you found out you were pregnant, you proposed or you were proposed to or whatever. You're just like, oh, my God, you know, this is awesome. And if you spilled a whole pot of coffee on yourself, unless it was boiling, if you spilled something on your shirt, you just look down and you laugh and you go, oh, God, because nothing takes you down from being happy. So you're stain resistant, and that means that all the little things that could come and needle you just bounce off like, you know, they slide off like Teflon. And happy people don't hit other people, and happy people don't have to overeat to compensate for something, and happy people don't exclude other people or hoard things because they're happy. And happiness comes from being able to choose for yourself what will make you happy and having the courage to do it. So that whole independent thinking is critical. And if you can infuse in a manager, if you infuse that into a teacher, then the people they influence will be encouraged and have the confidence to actually ask themselves, gee, what would make me happy? Because a lot of times people don't even know. They just know what they're supposed to want that will make them happy. So it, it just comes to personal values, and in time, you know, the, when when things are changing, like when you're stepping up to a new game and it's bigger, and you're kind of in chaos. If even if you don't know the answers to everything, and even if you don't know which way you're going to go, if you continually check in with your personal values, you'll at least make choices from that foundation, and you'll end up through the cloud bank in a great spot. That's a great point. You know, so I guess maybe Thomas uh, Thomas had it pretty right back in the day when he said, you know, you got to start with the uh, with with your values, your personal foundation. You know, it's like still it's still uh, still true. It, it, he's he's fabulous. It's always true, and it will always be true. And he is um, he is continuing to inspire. You know, I was talking to one of my uh, one of my players earlier this morning because we were talking about his environment and designing his environment and. One of the big things in his mimetic environment is, you know, listening to recordings of Thomas, you know, and reading Thomas stuff, you know, on a regular basis is one of his big, one of his big mimetic environments. And I'm, and and I thought, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> I want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny, but you know, it, but it is amazing. He he just, you know, he he just had this way of uh, of articulating things and 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 talking about them in a way that just really maybe was ahead of his time or maybe just ahead of his time isn't the right way, just sort of timeless maybe would be the uh, the right way of saying it. So I think it, it's good, and it's not really I – don't, I don't – not to oversimplify it, but I think it's a, it is a really – it's a big point that you're saying of, you know, really getting down to the basic idea of human happiness as, you know, a core – a core objective for what we're doing, and that's a big point of the inspiration economy is that, you know, like you're saying, happy people don't hit other people. I think that's good. Also, happy people are an inspiration to others. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. And you know, it's funny. I was asked to be on a discussion panel at a school for a school district after they they uh, showed the movie A Race to Nowhere. And that was about, you know, if you're familiar with that movie, it's kind of sweeping the nation if you're in this sort of, um, if you have this sort of focus about education and things like that and children. And it's, you know, this movie is just one of those wonderful kind of spectacular portrayal of all the things that are going to ruin everybody. You know, too much homework, not enough homework, too much pressure, not enough pressure, too much eating, you know, it goes on and on and on. And um, even though I desperately wanted to get my face in front of these people, I said no, because I knew that these were just the symptoms of the real problem. And unless this district was ready to have a good conversation about that, that it's really, if you can't choose well and you're supposed to play with XYZ person and you don't like them, well, you're going to hit them because you're not happy and you don't like them. But if you allow people to be empowered and play as they choose and do the things that makes them happy and help them to decide what those things are and to kind of, you know, round off those sharp corners that we're supposed to do to make them, you know, less animals and more people, then then you don't have all these other problems. You don't have suicides. You don't have people who are bombing schools. You don't have depression and, and all the things because people know how to make themselves happy and all these other things go away. So these movies that sensationalize all this stuff just creates more infighting, more finger pointing, and it is really a race to nowhere. So I backed out of it. It's very simple. I, I don't think you can oversimplify it. I think we try to complicate it because it seems like such a big deal, especially when you watch a movie like that, like, you know, like ten things that will at any moment come out and, and knock you off course and, you know, hurt your children. You're overwhelmed with fear, and it seems really complex, but it's really not. I think you're right. It's, you can't oversimplify it. It's just that simple. I think I think that's a, a I, it's a really big it's a really big point and, and I and and I think you you said it really well is that you know this idea that there's a lot of information out there that's sensationalized you know sensationalized information is is sort of still a cultural phenomenon that we have and you know when you think about world power and environmental design and you really look at the mimetic environment, which is the ideas that are surrounding you, it's, you have to learn. This is a big trick of environmental design if you want to get into world power. It's, you have to learn how to be aware of the information that's around you without being infected by the virus. <laughs> yep. That is the I mean, trick. There's great information, and you need to know what that is happening in the world. You need to know what the what the ideas are that are out there, but you can't let the mood of the virus infect your heart. So it's, uh, it's that is the trick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's it's that whole mentality. I mean, the, uh, people talk about this all the time, and I have to make my short little comment and leave for the become a coach game. But um, you know how easy it is to get into the gossip mode or the complaining mode. Um, it's, you know, and when you're first meeting somebody, it's if you go to that first, uh, it's it's very easy to bond with people. However, it's not 
your best choice to bond with people. And so many people go right for that. Oh, well, if I complain about the weather today or if I gossip about what's happening in the world, I'll, I'll get a quick connection. But if you take the more powerful and, and sometimes more challenging choice, the resulting relationship is, is just going to be a much better experience. It's that bizarre mob mentality of let's go for the negative because it's a little more juicy or easy. And, and a lot more and, energy behind it, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and it's and when it should be exactly the opposite. The more energy should be be behind the good stuff and the happy stories and the things that we have to feel gratitude about together, not the things we have to complain about together. Yes. I think I think you make a great point, Deanna, in that, you know, the the, the problems or the sensational gossip type of thing, that's the easy way. And I think it's an evolutionary progression for all of us is to, you know, connect with people around purpose rather than problem. Yes. That's, and that, that takes more skill. And, and more authenticity. And, and like Lorraine is saying, you, know, you have to really know yourself and, and be behind yourself if you're going to step up in that in that way. But the more people that do, then, you know, happy people don't kick people or hit people. Maybe less people will, will it'll be just this nice little turnaround. You know, choose the harder path. Choose the, yeah. when somebody says, oh, isn't, isn't today horrible, it's going to rain all day. Yeah, but I just planted my garden yesterday, so this is perfect. I'm very excited. It's going to rain all day. My tomatoes will be ginormous. <laughs> right. <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't great. lament with people. Celebrate with people. That's that's the more powerful. But you know what's great about what you said, Deanna, and this is the big point behind it, is that it's more challenging to connect with people around purpose because mm-hmm. you have to be more authentic. Yes. You have to reveal your own purpose. You have to reveal your own inner desires in order to be in order to connect with around purpose. You can't say, "Oh, so how's your purpose today?" And you know, in a in sort of a, a you know a, a, a casual, not really meaning it or don't really want to know sort of way. If you're going to talk about purpose, you got to be willing to dig in and talk about it. I, I think we should start a movement instead of "How are you doing today?" And so, how's your purpose today? <laughs> I'm starting to step up and stand out and become a coach game that way this week. So how is your purpose today, people? Yes, how's your purpose today? All right, I think, I think uh, that is beautiful. You will let us know how did it go in the uh, Become a Coach game when you start off with how's your purpose today. We look forward to hearing about that. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Awesome, well done. Bye. Thanks, Deanna. Bye-bye. Great, well done. I love that. So, so, um, so, what's next for you? You've got a new book coming up. This is very exciting. And, and how? What I, what I, I mean, I think it, it sounds like a, a great. It's a great idea for a book. So that is awesome. And you're obviously very creative and fun. And that is great. What is? I, I think what a lot of coaches would like to know. What I'm curious about is, you know, how do you, how do you keep bringing coaching? into your ideas, or how does being a coach help you to evolve and create your ideas? You know, I don't know, because 
it's not something I do anymore. It's something I am. So everything I do comes from this place now. So it's that explicit knowledge that has become implicit. I practiced it. Thank you very much for making me. And and now I just do it. And I can't even tell you how I do it. It's kind of like when you know somebody asks you, Explain exactly how you walk across the room. What do your feet do? What does your legs do? What do you would go? I don't really know. I just kind of I don't know. Just I seem to be able to do it. It it it's kind of like that for me now. Um, so everything I do is really from this new, I guess new. This my normal is now a coach. Doesn't really answer the question. Um, but I think you know when you are. Play, so how does that play out? Uh, you know, so when you're writing, do you kind of do coaching sessions with people, uh-huh. and then those ideas get into your book, or how does that, how does that all come together? Ah, okay. Here's how it's come together. I have perfected the art of observation. So while I am doing everything that I do, I have the skill on 24/7. I am observing everything, looking for all the connections all the things that point to something. And I suspend the expectation so that it just comes to me. This whole, um, the, the title, the chapter title, Happy People Are Stain Resistant, it happened to me. And I went, oh, I don't care. And because I'm always observing and connecting to everything else, the leadership, the everything, I instantly had, just like you did, you had like the 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 epiphany for tweeting, you know, you had some great tweet quotes there, right? It's just (laughs) because you have this observation skill that says that when you see something, you automatically know to apply it. And and everything has meaning, and it's observing what's going on so that you can find the meaning and then using them, then putting the meaning somewhere, getting into, into circulation. You know, the whole world power method that um, you've created and that I am so loving teaching is the the whole power pattern thing. One of my power patterns that's rattling around in my head all the time is creating usable memes. Nice. So everywhere I go, I mean, this power pattern is circulating in my head. And that's what I do. So um, I don't know exactly how it happens. It's just I think it naturally happens when you have the foundation laid and you become what it is you're trying to do. Good. Like to see that power pattern again? Creating usable means. Which is why... What? That's really cool. I love it. I love it too. And so I use that one and in a relationship I have with a wonderful and amazing writer... Uh, she and I launched today as a test with a, in a closed network a, a whole venture that is surround, that is built upon that particular power pattern of mine, and it's called morethangoodadvice.com. Oh, it yeah, is, you were talking about that. Yeah, and that's because of that power pattern. So, you know, it's just everything I do, every person I talk to, everything I see, has the it goes in with that particular filter. So, you know, this 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 um website is all about that. It's about all the good advice that you read in all the books that 
but they don't take that extra step and actually create something new, which would be like a solution to something. They just kind of throw out there all this great stuff, and they're just recirculating all the stuff everybody's been talking about. And, and, and we pay a lot of money because it's been sensationalized. And uh, without having an actual practical step-by-step starting point, it's just a bunch of hot air and doesn't move you anywhere except make you feel lousy about yourself when you go, oh, gee, I read this book, but my life still sucks. And then you just feel like you can't, you're, you're dumb because you had the great advice and you still are unhappy. So we created this venture and um, uh, we're launching it to our private network of um, really smart people and they're going to give us all kinds of crazy feedback and then uh, next Monday we launch worldwide and iTunes and you know all kinds of stuff. So that's yeah. our pattern. More than goodadvice.com. So I guess I write my books because I I actually really circulate my my uh, power patterns. It works. You were right. You're brilliant. You were right. <laughs> Well, thank you for saying it's very nice. I I really like that, uh, Lorraine, and I think this is something that a lot of coaches could bene- can benefit from, and and that is you know if you know not if you know as you're coaching, if you coach from that observation point of view, or as Thomas would say, navigate via curiosity, that you can, you know, through that observation, you can start to collect ideas and and things that you can then transform into value for others. And that's the great trick of coaching, right? The great, not trick, it's like that's the the point of coaching is always transforming your own life experiences into value for others. And, you know, I think doing it in your own coaching is one scale and then, you know, ramping it up into group coaching and programs and books and websites. These are all just matters of scale of the same notion of transforming your own experiences into value for others and it's it's such a great way to live and that's really that that's the coaching life and that's pretty much what you what you've just been describing is the coaching life so that is awesome that feels really really good because it really gives me a place to go with everything that i see and experience and instead of just having it stop with me i get to circulate it and uh, from doing that i am given even more energy money relationships, opportunity. It just it, more, 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 more. Awesome. Yeah. Coach Lorraine, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Really appreciate your your perspective on things and your energy and your going forward in life. And, uh, well, you're playing big, and that's what we love on this show is people who are playing big, and you're doing that. So that's awesome. Yay. <laughs> Where's Deanna <laughs> with the trumpet, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, 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 I'll I'll- I'm sure the captain can splice one in there somewhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring in angelic voices later. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Captain. Well done. All right, Captain. That's a wrap for today. Thanks, everyone. And playing big with Coach Lorraine Esposito today on our program. Thank you for joining us here at the World Headquarters for the Play Big Revolution. This broadcast is copyright 2011 by Coachville LLC. Join us again next week, same time and place, both here on our phone lines and around the world on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Vince Hayes. We'll see you all next Monday for your weekly boost. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Lorraine. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.